It's everyone's favorite show about all things Utah. A show where four hosts, and sometimes a guest, discuss whatever they want regarding Utah, and mostly stay on topic. It's the new Utah Podcast, with your hosts, Bree, Chris, Jeremy, and Jessica. Julia. It's Julia. Uh, <laughs> thanks for being much quieter this time. Uh, episode 258 of the new Utah podcast. We are three episodes away from our uh, fifth year anniversary, fifth year anniversary uh, which will be celebrated. We have a guest that just week. like so. every other show we do. <laughs> Maybe I'll, we'll have a drink to celebrate. That's and, a good idea. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe we'll do like a... We used to get pretty hammered in the early shows. The early days, the Josh I wasn't days. on the show no, those days. Maybe we should just like get really hammered and do a show. <laughs> that was never very good for the guests. And I did fuck up the beginning, by the way. I forgot I had. So last week when I was playing the 1940s WAP. Oh, yeah. I didn't have the pass-through turned on because I generally keep it off. So like if my computer dings, no one hears it. Um, and... So then I had to go back in and actually get it and insert it into the episode uh, in the background, and I had left that on, and so the intro music was looping at the beginning of our track, so I'm going to have to go fix that in post now. <laughs> Luckily, that's a lot easier to fix. I just have to silence that, that chunk. But Nobody cares. Some, some audiophile cares. One of our 12 listeners truly cares about audio. It fills your pain. And that would be you. <laughs> I, let me be clear i don't fucking listen to our show <clears throat> i used to but i, I don't uh, anymore i i run the show um i used to be the only one to fucking put anything on show notes for the longest time thank god other people started contributing to that um well at first it was for your reference kind of yeah a lot of it was so that i i had stuff to go back to because i make show notes uh for the track itself for the description uh, and now I do the Facebook post and I do blog articles at least once a month. Uh, and I edit the show and editing the show, like sometimes it's really easy when we do one shots, like straight through. Those are my favorite. Those are really easy to edit. I've got it down after five years. Like it's super fast. Um, mostly unless someone yells into the mic a bunch. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Those are actually pretty easy to clean up too. Um, you just have to go find them. But anyway, uh, but I, the, the, the chopped up episodes, especially, they kill me because I end up listening to so much audio again that I've already been through. Uh, so yeah, I don't listen to our show ever because I listen to it all the time. I listen to it fairly regularly. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that any of you listen to it because you can tell me if I truly fuck something up because sometimes it's only that, been a couple times, but there's that one episode that was really bad, really messed up. So the, the one at Bohemian. Where it sounded like we were all in a tin can bathroom. Yeah, not much I could do about that. Just where we recorded. That was just a weird one. Yeah, it didn't turn out very but well. We were kind of in the middle of a bunch of tin cans. I mean, that true. was the problem. We no, but it was really bad. And you did pull it down, clean it up, fix something. And it was a little better. But no, generally speaking, they come out pretty. Yeah, I think a good chunk of that show recorded off like the laptop mic is part of why. Something. So anyway, whatever. That's neither here nor there. We have improved <laughs> this situation. Uh, the studio. We've come being, a long way since the snowball microphone. Well, being in the studio helps because we have permanent microphone stands and permanent cabling and a permanent mixer and padding. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the table. Quiet. The table is much table. You wouldn't think it because like you can still hear thuds, but boy, when it was the the hollow table, you could actually table. Well, and you could actually hear the table on the. You could hear like mics. papers moving and. And this this table's a custom bad boy. Yep. 
Yeah. Jeremy and I made this table. Yep. Good, solid custom Jeremy table. made it, and I, I upholstered it. I think it's a great table. It's perfect. It's perfect. For, for what we, we needed, so thanks, Jeremy. What are you getting One us One of these for, days I'm going to paint the legs. What are you getting us for the fifth year anniversary? I don't know. What? Why are you laughing? laughing? So Chopper was laying down, and I went to pet him, and his soul left his body, <laughs> and he almost hit the bottom of the table <laughs> on his head. So little little known it's fact scary. about Chopper, he's he's uh, 14 years old, basically. He'll and, be 14 in November. And uh, we're pretty sure he's mostly deaf, um, and he's definitely starting to have vision problems. But the deafness, like more so than the vision, the deafness is difficult because like when he's laying down or he's sleeping and he doesn't know that you're nearby if you touch him he freaks out because he's like what the hell happened <laughs> why did what someone touch me luckily he's like the sweetest dog on the planet he never aggressively he forgave me yeah yeah um, he he probably forgot <laughs> his, his brain isn't very memory big. of a goldfish but he's also he's also because he's getting older and he's starting to wear down his uh he he's not taking as as much care of himself so like his hair is getting matted a lot quicker now uh, which is is really it difficult. his job to brush himself and trim his he hair? He used to no. He used to just he used keep to never, himself clean. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> no yeah, his, technically, it is his job to clean himself. Uh, I mean, we'd have we'd find a mat every once in a while that we'd have to like cut, cut out, out or something. But um, but no, he kept like himself super super clean. Yeah. But yeah. Poor little guy. He's. I don't know that he's got very much time left. And the thing is, everyone sees him and like, oh my god, he's so cute, and thinks like. Oh, he's just a puppy. He's not. He's 14. He's a little old man. He yeah, is he's 14 years man. old. And he doesn't have like the super gray muzzle that a lot of dogs get when they get that age. But he is a lot gray. Like the his chin and stuff, because he's kind of blondy, you just don't see it as much. Yeah, he has grayed out a bit, but it's not as... I had a chihuahua who's about 13 or 14 when I was a kid. She was the best. Yeah. So she wasn't all hyper. I didn't Ico, have to take Ico. her for walks. She was the best. Good old Ico. She was the best until the last couple years. <laughs> Yeah. And then she was disgusting and, and difficult to take care of and she mean as hell. Me. Man, that <laughs> Chopper person. for some reason has like he yeah uh, he's he's kind of glommed onto me. He's always been his dad's dog because it was just Chris and him for a long time. But in his old age, he's he usually he usually picks me for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, so last week uh, was pre laser beam surgery for oh, me. Yes, uh, I've I've now had laser beams in my eyes. He was uh, such laser a baby. Beam twins. Shut your mouth. I was not you a baby. You were too. It was just fine. He was all paranoid. He was all worried he was going to have to take a Xanax. And I'm like, it's going to be fine. I promise. I, it's going to be totally I fine. I still almost had an edible when I came home just because. Yeah, because you were kind of freaking out. But then you took a nap good. and you woke up and you were like, oh, it's fine. Um, I was in the laser studio. Like I had the laser to, to cut my flap, the corneal flap was like. Cut my flap. <laughs> less than, it was like 20 something seconds for each eye. That I was under the laser. Uh, and I did smell the like fleshy burning, which isn't actually flesh. It's just the eyeball. Uh, well, it's a thing that the laser, it's like a smell the laser makes, but oh, it's, it's not. Laser. It didn't make that for me. But they're cold lasers. They're not actually hot lasers. Um, and then the second laser that actually does the correction, like my left eye was 10 seconds, I think, or something. That was it. The, the, uh, the laser was on the eye. So, uh, it was really irritated when I got home. By the time we got home post post operatively, uh, I I had to I was like I'm a baby anyway, but I was like oh I gotta I gotta go to sleep. 
I just went to sleep. Which is what they told him to do. Remember, for me, I we recorded yeah. the podcast the day of my surgery because they didn't want me to go to sleep. They wanted me to have a conversation. I'm like, well, how convenient. <laughs> <laughs> I have a group of people coming over just to converse with me today. So I took like a two-hour nap, and I felt pretty damn good after that. Like, my eyes never really bothered me after that. He started responding to you guys. I couldn't even see my phone for two days. Yeah, and I could see it Still four can't hours, see my phone. maybe. Still struggling. Yeah, I don't know that it's going to be able to get much better. I think I'm just too old. So you're still going to have to use glasses? Um, Some? Well, I knew I was going to have to have readers. Like, I just knew I was going to just be for my age and stuff. But, um, like, I I read at the gym because I use the incumbent bike. And this morning I had to take my readers. And I know they're not the right prescription. I'm just using what I had before. Right. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit difficult cause it wasn't the right prescription. So like I can make my phone work for the most part. I can work mostly without it. It's a little bit hard some days. Um, numbers are hard. So sometimes I have to put my glasses on to discern like eight, six, three on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chris can see everything. He can see his phone. He can see far away. He can see clearly now. Yeah. He's got some halos. The brain is gone. He's got some halos. <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of halos. That are actually. bugging him, which I don't have as much of. Um, like looking up at that light is actually probably the best it's been since the surgery. But like if I look up at like our pot lights in our kitchen, there's just like a giant fucking blurry Halo. rainbow all around them. Did you not have that before? Mm. Never. I've always, always had. It's that. from an astigmatism. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have an astigmatism, and you, you don't. Well, I did. <laughs> I, had a, I had a pretty bad one, but I never really got there. Yeah, I, I, I had halos forever. I still see a little bit, but I don't know if it's post surgery or if I'll just always see them. Yeah, I see a little bit too still. Uh, so you guys went to the doghouse. Oh yeah. So the, is that the one that you talked about? I liked it. A so while ago. okay. So there's. The doghouse, which is over in, like, basically across the street from Southtown. Yeah, that's Mall, the one we went to. Um, with all the other food places there. Um, and that's been around for a little while. It's in the same parking lot as the, uh, like, Orange Theory. And I think there's a, a Burger King and a Sonic there. That's, that's my haunting grounds. It's, I work right over in that area. So that's a place that I can go to. Um, but the, the other one is the Dogs and Links guy, the dogs food truck links. guy that goes that's to right. the Southtown Volkswagen where Jess works. That's right. Um, that guy was really good. Uh, I really liked his hot dog because it felt like a, a hot dog to me, like a hot dog should. But I'm curious what you think about the doghouse because I've been there several times. What? what? It's just weird. What? Felt like a hot felt dog. Felt like should. a hot dog. Yeah, what, like, <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? Like texture of food? I'm a, I'm a hot dog connoisseur. So one of my biggest complaints about the doghouse is they don't use fucking hot dog buns. They use stupid square the Hawaiian rolls. Hawaiian the Hawaii, rolls. The Hawaii... I like, they're a great bun for like a sandwich, like a hamburger, but a hot dog's not a sandwich. And it's not a split top bun, and it's not a bun that opens up. Nor So like when you go to eat it, it's too big for the hot dog to me. To oh, eat I thought it like you meant dog. you were like touching all the different ingredients to be like, is this texture right? Is this consistency no, right? No, but like, like, I mean, like when you grab a hot dog and you bite in on a hot dog, like there should be a little snap. if there's a snap of the skin, it depends on the hot dog. Like if I get a snap from a gas station, That's I'm a little worried, a <laughs> right? But like if I'm getting like a handmade like link of some sort and I can feel the snap of that natural casing and then the toppings being, you know, the right ratio so that they're not, one of the problems 
some places have is they put too many toppings on, so you go to try and eat it, and it's like fucking just falls everywhere and gets everywhere and doesn't get in your mouth. So I, I'm, I'm a hot dog connoisseur, so I'm curious what you guys think about the doghouse. I've never been there before. I thought it was really good. Of course, I didn't have a hot dog. I had the, because the burger with the egg on it looked so good. Yeah. It's the, I, I can't remember, the fry burger is what it's called. Mm-hmm. So it's a burger with a fried egg. That, it was And french fries in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and french fries in it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's good. It was but good. But you went to a place called the Doghouse because they make their own fucking sausages. And you got a hamburger. Julie had a corn dog. I had a corn dog. It was good. Good? They had yeah. root beer batter. Yeah, I, I've been wanting to try their corn dogs for that reason. Yeah, it was good. It was really crunchy. They also do chicken sandwiches that look pretty good. Um, but You just said. I know what I said. I also <laughs> said they look pretty good. You think I've ever eaten a chicken sandwich there? Hell no, because if I go there, I want a hot dog. I want It's a like tin. going to Wienerschnitzel to get a hamburger. I want a fucking tent there. Chili cheeseburgers are really good, but the dogs. Going to a nice restaurant to get the chicken nuggies. Yeah, (laughs) chicken nuggies. It was good though. I'd definitely go back. That was the first time I've been there. Yeah, I've been there a few times. I I like it. Um, Their salted caramel shake was really good. See, and I don't. I'm too fat to get shakes every time I go somewhere for a meal, so I just don't. Because also, I'm eating a fucking hot dog and French fries. I do not need to add a shake to that. I don't like salted caramel. Uh, That's okay. My, so two things. One, they're gourmet hot dogs, so they're not cheap. So one hot dog is ten bucks. Yeah, hot dog and fries is bucks. like ten bucks. Yeah, they make really good tater tots, by the way. Um, yeah, you got the tater tots, didn't you, Julia? Oh, those tots were good. Their tots are their tots are good. They're good. well seasoned. Uh, my favorite item there is a I don't remember what it's called, but it's a it's a it's a a, a, a sausage or a dog wrapped in bacon. And they put barbecue sauce and like onion straws and like a, a cheese sauce on it. The worst dog ever is what it's called because it's mm, a worst. I don't think so. It's like a KC dog or oh, something. Like because they had one style. called like the worst dog ever. W U R S. Yeah, W U R S T. Which is like a bratwurst. Home of the worst. The, but this the the one I like the most there uh, that I've tried so far. It's a hot dog wrapped in bacon um, that has got barbecue sauce, cheese sauce, and like uh, onion straws on it. That's quality. That's a good. That's a good dog. But again, my biggest complaint with that place is their buns. I I only like mustard dogs and corn dogs. And see, the King's Hawaiian would be really good for a burger. Yeah, it was amazing for be- a burger because they're they're so big. Though I had to cut size. It. I couldn't. I tried. To, I, well, you can cut it in fourths. Yeah, because, that's what I did. Because then, then you have sliders, and then eat it like a little slider. Yeah. And it wasn't little though. It was big. If I'd have known how big it was with fries and everything else, I wouldn't have gotten. Fries and stuff to go with it. I didn't realize. Yeah, it but came with fries. In it, yeah, that's good. But I like that place. I like that place a lot. You guys should try Slapfish. That's right over there too. I've tried it. It was okay. I like Slap. If you like, I didn't fried know fishes. what it was going in. Yeah, it's a fish place, and they yeah. have lots of different fish. And what if did you... I get? I got like a a bowl of rabbit food, a bunch of cut vegetables, <laughs> and then there was like some salmon or something with it. Wow. <laughs> If that's what you want, there's also a place over there called Core Life Eatery. Oh, my Which gosh. is like, there's kale and everything uh, and a lot and of And a it. lot of kale. It's basically like a bowl of kale with toppings. And it doesn't matter what you get, it's a bowl of kale with those toppings. Something Did you ever it. see that SpongeBob episode where they open up the kelp shake stores everywhere? Oh, yeah. That's what that made me think and of. I don't, I don't mind kale. Kale's a, a perfectly fine green, but it is... Very tough to chew after a while, and when you're left with a bowl of it, you're still chewing it forever. And because th- it's not like there's a lot of dressing where you can like fake it through with some dressing. 
And I don't like. Nobody really likes kale. That's bullshit. You know who has the best <laughs> use of kale, by the way? The best use of kale is uh, Olive Garden puts it in their Zupa Toscana, which is that sausage potato soup that has kale in it. And that is an amazing use of kale. And they've been doing that since before kale was popular. Like to have it in something as part of something. It's like a texture thing at that point. Yeah. It's like I don't really like onions, but I like onion rings and things with onions in them. Right. But I don't really like onions. So, Julie, I need to hear your story. I have two stories. Well, I want the embarrassing one first. So, um, I woke up yesterday morning to the smoke detector beeping because the battery's running low. So I spent all this time and effort putting in a work order. A few minutes later, guy comes knocking on the door with a battery ready to replace it. And he's looking around and trying to find what smoke detector it's coming from. Yeah, it wasn't from the smoke detector. It was from our own CO2 thing that we brought <laughs> and put on the fridge and forgot about. And so he just, so I'm just in my room doing my own thing while he's looking around for it. And he brings it in. He's like, this isn't ours, but this is what's beeping. Do you want a new battery? I felt so bad for making him come all the way out just for that. It's his job. It's fine. That's probably, that was probably, probably the, the best call job. he's had all he's day. He's like, all I did was wander around Because you know apartment. what else he gets called out for? When people clog their fucking toilets and, and like flood their apartments with shit water or when something backs up into someone's bathtub or, I mean, I could keep going. There's some fucked up shit those maintenance guys have to deal with the apartments, so... That's a battery true. for a smoke detector that turned out to be not theirs and a carbon monoxide detector. He's yeah, but it was like, still embarrassing and like a waste of time. That's <laughs> 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 the quickest call ever. I was like, wow, if I'd spent two seconds if looking I'd actually for it. If I got off my ass and looked. Yeah, yeah I but did. why it, would you? I'd if just you woken know up. I was getting ready for work. Yeah, I was you like, know that, like, if I, you don't have to replace the battery, why would you spend okay, 20 but, minutes looking for which one Hold is? on. This is weird to me because every apartment I've ever lived in, we've changed our own batteries and smoke detectors. Why? It wasn't they, a, you don't even change your own light bulbs here. They you're come not and supposed do it. to. What? No, that's stupid. Because so, if you mess it up, it's on them, not you. Well, it's not just that. But insurance-wise, they have to come through periodically and they have to keep records. So if you replace the battery, maybe like you move out and they replace it again it's, and you just put a new one in it's obviously like, been a long time since i lived in the apartment because <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i know there's rules but there's also like why the fuck would i call maintenance to put a battery in something i'm perfect perfectly capable of doing because it. of the exact reason i just said they have and to it, keep records of it you're right the building wants to keep records of it i don't fucking give pretty a shit sure, about pretty them. sure 30 years ago when we were until yeah. they knock on your door and they're like we have to come replace the batteries and you're like i've already done it. and they're like it doesn't matter because we didn't see it that's fine they can fucking replace them all the times i, I lived just in had to hit a button on an app and they came how many times has our smoke detector gone off at 2 a.m because of a low battery I don't know why it won't do it at 1 p.m. when we're but fucking it's so stupid awake. because it's plugged in, you know, to the house, and I'm like, is like Every I just want to unplug it, but they start it. to like go off, and you got to try and figure out which, which freaking one it is. It's like bomb! It starts to get faster there was one and faster. Night, and this and like like okay, probably I should have tried to figure out what was actually wrong. There was one night they all started going off. We just unplugged it out. every single smoke detector. Well, I first looked around. There's nothing wrong. It didn't look like carbon monoxide because, you know, that's colorless, odorless. Um, but we didn't like... <laughs> <laughs> but I don't smell I anything. couldn't figure it out. I went through the house. I literally unplugged every single smoke detector in the house. Who knows how old they were? I ended up never plugging those ones back we in. We just bought new I just ones. bought brand new smoke detectors for the entire house at that point. 
That's what I've been. So I replaced them all when we moved in, but that's 15 years ago. Yeah, they don't. So last now, that long. as they've been going out, I've just been replacing them. Yeah. So yeah, we we had like a couple that just he never ever put one that was just like hanging in the basement for the longest time. So what's your other story, Julia? So my other story. <sighs> okay, so Brighton, my boyfriend, we live together. He loves to scare me every day. He will pick, That's the, good he will pick the locks to, to pull a psycho in the shower and then relock the door. Like he's doing, this is all the time, okay? He comes in the middle of the night because we have separate rooms. Um, so the other night I get off of work and it's 11 at night, so it's dark. And I get a text from him, are you afraid of the dark? I was like, why? So I get home and he has flipped the breaker on all of the power in the apartment <laughs> and locked his bedroom door so I can't get to the breaker. And he's like, come find me. And just to preface, he is black and he wears all black to bed. <laughs> he knows this. He, that's why he's always scaring me in the middle of the night. I'd take advantage. So he calls me and he's whispering into the phone, have you found me yet? <laughs> have you found me yet? And I'm looking everywhere for him and it's dark and I'm... I would have just gone to bed. <laughs> I know, right? But I couldn't turn on the lights. I couldn't charge my phone or anything. So finally he's like, check the shoe closet by the door. So I go over and I'm like, I've looked in there. And so I go and I open it in there. Yeah, he was outside the apartment and he comes busting through the apartment oh, no. door. And oh my gosh, I screamed like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have separate rooms? Yeah, we sleep better. That's oh, fine. Wow. He 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 wakes up super early. I go to bed super late. We both sleep talk and sleep cake. So Jesus, like I a... got the master room. I've got my own king size bed. I decorate the room however I want. It's great. Nah. That's so weird. To Chris me. and I don't go to sleep without you're touching like, each other. You're like fucking. I love Lucy. I know. We're like an old couple. Oh, yeah, Millennials. Uh, 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 that's, that's weird. That's like 1940s and 50s style. Like I know, room, right? Like, no, we do sleep in the same bed sometimes, but not when we have work the next morning or Chris whatever. is a it's just harder to super sleep. early morning riser and I'm a super late stayer <laughs> for yep. We just don't care. I'm also a super early like fucking shoot out of better. Like when you wake me up from sleeping, I'm like, wham, I'm there. <laughs> I'm up and I take these huge breaths. I'm like, <gasps> okay, I'm ready to go. I got enough oxygen. I'm fucking kill a bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't go to sleep till one or two in the morning and I'm Ugh. tossing and turning and flopping around every 20 seconds until I fall asleep so that he just won't get any sleep until should, I do. Should take some melatonin. It'd be good for you. Or yeah, some, I know. Or some CBD oil that I take. Uh, so we do need to talk about the Chinese rockets before our guests should need to. They're not going to hit Utah. Pending do- it might. It might. I mean, it could hit anywhere from like New York to southern Chile, but it's not going to hit us. So it's impending, huh? You know what I hope is it fucking lands in like Beijing and kills like two, like Okay. I hope it lands on Donald wow. Trump's I, house. I don't want people to die. Let me be clear. I think that's terrible. All life is precious, but I really hope it kills like 200,000 people in Beijing. So China will fucking do something about it before they launch these next three. Because they have three more launches. They've got one like in two weeks uh, to stock the first module that the first one went up there for. So these are... With the same flaw. 
So they're all the same rocket. They all have the same issue. So basically what happened is Chinese decided we don't want to be part of the International Space Station anymore. We're tired of sending our astronauts up there, whatever the fuck they call them, China knots. I don't know what they're called. China knots. There's some other term for them. It's like, because, you know, Russians are cosmonauts. And anyway, so China's like, well, we don't want to be in the International Space Station anymore because we're going to kill all you guys later. By 2050, we're going to be the best country in the world and we're going to weaponize space. Right. So they decide to build their own space station. Well, in doing this, and the Chinese are—they've—they've they've sent uh, uh, rovers to the moon already. Uh, they're planning manned missions to the moon, uh, and meanwhile, the U.S. is like, "Yeah, let's look at Mars." And China's like, "Fuck yeah, let's build a moon base so we can kill people on Earth from far away." Um, I don't know if that's their motive. I'm just saying. Uh, but anyway, so they launch these rockets, and the the rockets are all rockets basically as they launch their stages fall away as they go. Most of them, if they break the atmosphere, end up burning up on reentry because they're not super huge or they're, you know, the materials are such that they would burn up. You know, that's one of the cool things like SpaceX because SpaceX rockets are reusable. are reusable. What they've been using right now to send people and equipment up into space, uh, they go up in the air. They uh, the, the big stage of the rocket actually re-lands on a pad afterwards. So it, put, it puts itself back down on a pad. Which Can't is, land on a pad when the whole la- pad is stuck to the rocket. Ooh. Yeah, so like... <laughs> Those nerds. Those so, nerds. So then... Uh, China has this huge rocket, and this rocket is roughly 30 meters tall. Like, think it's the size of a fucking football field, basically. Um, that's how big this, this stage of this rocket is. What was going too fast and ended up putting itself into orbit. The problem with putting junk like rocket bodies into orbit is, unless they have fuel, the orbit is decaying, is forever decaying. And so eventually, eventually they will come back. And in a low orbit, they decay much faster because gravity pulls them to Earth without any kind of thrust or propulsion to adjust for that decaying orbit. They're just going to fall back to the planet. That's what this is going to do. It'll be between May 8th and 10th, they said. In theory, it depends on which space agency you listen to. Well, you, remember, you remember their their space station what was the mirror that came crashing down and burned up or what the one that like that was that was russia was that russia that was a russian space station from for from the cold war era that they that they they just let burn up on re-entry but it burned up on re-entry they knew what was going to happen they had projected that they don't know what's going to happen they with planned this for that one and they had ways to stop it this one they were just like oops yeah well no, china, i don't even think they went oh china hasn't said a goddamn thing this is like a wish version of a rocket. Yeah, like China hasn't <laughs> what said what you anything order about versus this. what you get. <laughs> well, so it could. It, it's likely to mostly burn up on reentry. Still, the problem is because of how big it is. Like China, this isn't the first time. Like China had a rocket go up. I don't know. It was like ten years ago or something, and like parts of it fell on villages in the Ivory Coast. Uh, so, so. This has happened before, but the the worry is this thing's big enough that it might actually cause some serious damage. Uh, and if that happens, I'm, that's why I'm kind of hoping it happens in China. And, oh, yeah. And does damage in China because then they might actually give a shit. But right now they're not saying anything. And, and we don't we don't even know if if they're going to make any changes. It doesn't sound like they are, uh, especially not for the launch that's upcoming. So. Russian uh, space agency says uh, May seventh to the 9th, By the way, is what their for, prediction is. But it, 
again, in most, a few days, basically, they have no idea. They they can roughly gauge based on the orbit that's decayed, like when the they think it might come in. You don't know. They don't know if it's going to hit something but else. They, yeah, they have. Look, it statistically, or, it's not likely to hit anything important. There's so much land mass. It's like a seventy percent chance and, of land in the and ocean. Water mass, ocean. Yeah, like. Seventy percent of the Earth's covered in ocean, and even the parts that aren't, like they're not all inhabited. Like basically, the entire fucking continent. Like of you could Eurasia. land in the middle of Utah and maybe not hit something too. Yeah, or or it could land in the middle of Utah and blow or, up a natural gas reserve and cause or a massive explosion. Wyoming it could land in the middle of maybe Wyoming. Maybe it'll puncture a hole in Yellowstone. <laughs> Actually, I think Wyoming's a little bit too far north. So, anyway, uh, yeah. So there's that. Um, and then there's tarot cards to read. Is it my turn? Yep, it's your turn. Okay. Um, Don't pull the death card. Now wait, which which way? When I flip it over, it's the side that's facing you? Yeah, whatever way is facing me. Okay. So however so it looks that... to me. So it's right side up. Okay, but I want to see what it is. It's the Queen of Cups. It's it's uh, Ariel's... Oh, I've actually heard of that one. It's, uh, it's Ariel's uh, mother. Um, if Ariel's mother was... A really blue fish with um, pearls and bracelets. <laughs> it's a Yem- Yemoja, Yemoha. This is a Nigerian uh, uh, Yoruba deity. I could see that. So she knows the prince, right? The prince that has the fortune. The Nigerian prince. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. She's the queen. Who? Who needs to get? He needs five hundred dollars from you to get his ten thousand. Yeah, she's the queen. Out. She's the queen of cups, and her son has been. She died, and her son has been the one been living us. on that legacy. Yeah, and All now right. we need you to wire him five hundred dollars so he can release his multi million dollar fortune, and then he will pay you back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the queen of cups represents the surface of the subconscious. The goddess Yamoha. Connects to those on land to the depth of the spiritual plane. She is mysterious, but also a kind and caring mother. The words are femininity, warmth, empathy, a counselor, and intuition. And we'll see if that plays into anything we talk about. To our, our guest femininity. Okay, but you have to give those to me so I can take pictures of them since I'm having to do the blog and stuff. That way people since know. Since you're having to do it? Yeah, it's not it's not my choice. I don't really enjoy this shit. <laughs> I dread the podcast every week. I don't really. I love the pod. No, that is not the Queen of Cups. Why'd you give me a million cards? It's not you. You don't understand. I can't have people. It's see aesthetic. Oh, you're, I don't. It's you just background a now. It's just a picture. <laughs> well, send it I to me just because that's it. getting posted on the page. I would have just cropped it straight into the. Uh, just take your own picture. It's true. No. That's true. All right. It'd be faster. But you already <laughs> took one. <laughs> I know. Fine. So we're so you guys I I'm gonna talk about one more thing and then we'll we'll probably wait for the guests to get here and continue the show. But so um I decided, you know, we play music in the background uh, every week as we do the show because it helps with conversation and um, kind of helps move things along. It's sometimes. like if you go to the dentist and there's no music, it's it's fucking weird. weird. It's really weird. I've never gone to the dentist when there's no music. ASMR exactly. on your teeth. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> hmm, this is weird. Like, if you ever go sit somewhere and there's nothing going on. Like, or if you go into a store where there's no music. Yeah, or you go to like a... Like a doctor's office, and there's no stupid kid show playing on a TV in the background. It's or just weird. Um, most women go to lots of doctors that do. 
<laughs> but they have something in the background, either music or a TV. If you go down south and you go to the doctor's office, Fox News. <laughs> I'm not Let's even just kidding. Get on with the story here. So, so anyway, so I I uh, I decide this week uh, because I've had a rough day today. Um, we're listening to my my one of my favorite playlists on Spotify, which is uh, '90s hip hop artists. And the first song that plays is Beastie Boys' "What You Want." What you want? And what you want? To which Julia goes, I've never heard this song before. <laughs> and I said she must have bad taste in music because my kids have heard it and they're her age. And, I've heard goes, what Jeremy has played. And she goes, well, maybe he well, has I bad was taste born in music. In the last few months of the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> which is true, but also Jeremy's failure as a father. I listen to these boys. Clearly not enough. No, I don't. We also all last, you play is the WAP song in forties. Yeah, last and year, Disney music. La- last week we definitely discussed. <laughs> now your we know what Jeremy's music. listening to. Can you do the whole Greatest Showman? Oh, I hate like, that. From no, but he could do. <laughs> no? He plays like all of the the cue loops for like oh, yeah. Jungle Cruise. The, He'll the, play the all those with the play. little radio thing. You? Yeah, that's this is this is what I listen to. Broken? I could probably this is a man. I could probably sing along to like every forties song that was a thing, but that's about it. Cool. <laughs> that, this is this is a man who did not want to go to Disneyland originally. That's true. And he's time. playing fucking music from stupid rides at stupid Disneyland in the background of his office. I listen to like emo women music. <laughs> Emo woman music. Uh, what we would have referred to as like, Lilith Fair music. Like, <laughs> I listened to a lot of Halsey and uh, Bishop Briggs. And yeah, if the Lilith Fair was still going on, they would all be part of yeah. it. Because yeah. last time the Lilith Fair was Billie Eilish. That was like Alanis, Alanis Morissette. Morissette. Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette. <laughs> the angriest woman in the nineties. Also a great god, Alanis Morissette. Dogma. I, did I show, did I tell you guys about the YouTube Dogma? I think I shared it yeah, on the show. Yeah, you did. Uh, and uh, I got Brie to watch Dogma for the first time. What a great movie. Anyway, uh, I guess we'll see who the guest is here soon. So you know how you got dad hooked on Letterkenny? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my boyfriend's hooked on it, too. So I got off of work yesterday, and I'm trying to call him and be like, yo, I'm on my way home. I'm watching Letterkenny. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know he's truly sucked uh-huh. in. The, the wedding. The, the, I haven't seen him in face-to-face <laughs> in two days because he's been watching Letterkenny locked in weddings. his room. Yep, we don't fight at weddings. What if... <laughs> Jesus will give you snackies. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you got to the episode with the dicks? No. Oh, my gosh. So there is a Mennonite couple named the Dicks, D-Y-C-K-S. Uh, Anita Dick is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the Dicks come over because they're they're relatively close neighbors, uh, and the Dicks come over, and uh, they need help, and they start talking about how, um, uh, I can't remember, Ivana and Anita are the two of the women. They were talking about their, their, uh, their daughters, Charity and Chastity, I think, were the daughters' names. <laughs> um, Charity Dick. <laughs> <laughs> and... And uh, they're talking about how they need them to come over and help with a project. Uh, and uh, the wife was saying, well, it was a terrible thing. Like, I had a I had an accident and I had a gash and it was bleeding. My gash was bleeding everywhere. So she's <laughs> <laughs> still talking later. And she's like, well, you know, I was tr- just getting blood everywhere. So I was licking my, my, my gash. <laughs> and they're all just standing there straight face like, 
they have to know what they're saying, right? And then at one point, he's like, yeah, it was really a big axe wound. He goes, and I couldn't have my young boys watching their mom lick her own axe wound. (laughs) (laughs) And what they needed them to do is help them uh, punch their boxes. (laughs) And pound, pound their boxes. Amazing. <laughs> it's so good. And like, they're delivering the lines. They're like, just innocent Mennonites. And the Letterkenny group is just like, straight face, like trying not to laugh and looking at each other like they have to know what they're saying, right? Like, it's, it's like the, I think it is probably the best episode in terms I haven't of, you'll have to, to send it yet. to us. The one where they're playing baseball though, in the yard, where they're just throwing the ball around. Yeah, there's a couple like that. And, um, oh, what's the big guy's name? Which big guy? The big guy with the beard, the main big, oh, Squirrely Dan, Squirrely oh, Dan. Dan. And he's like, he's like, I have a questions for you boys about a date. So he puts an S on everything. Yeah. And he's like, we were getting intimates, and she said I needed to have some attention paid oh, to my butthole. Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> and they just keep playing. They just like, close him out of their baseball game and yep. keep playing like nothing happened. Has this happened. ever happened to you? Hard just, no. <laughs> they just start throwing the ball faster just to each other. Just back and forth ignoring him. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. We're actually sitting down with uh, Faith, Heat, and Jolly. You nailed okay. it. How do you... How do you I, don't I was know. looking. I was Chris like, has a way. It's just pronounced weird. exactly as it's spelled. Look, before we started sitting down to talk with with Faith, we were talking about how I called David Josh a bunch. I have butchered so many names in our five years of this podcast. I will ask people. I'll write it phonetically, and I'll still screw it up whenever we actually get Truth. to that point. So why do we keep putting you in charge of names? Uh, I don't know. Or she'll start calling you Holly in the middle of the just. That's fine too. Faith Heaton Holly. Yeah. Oh, don't give me. It's uh, not. It's Jolly. <laughs> Holly it's Jolly. Holly. Now I've thrown you off. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard lots of stuff with. I have heard a, a, lots. Name like <laughs> a lot of jokes with my name. Yeah. Uh, so Faith is uh, you're you're with uh, the Department of Wildlife resources uh and you're the public info officer for them i am yeah uh, and i saw you all, do you still work for ksl i do not no so i was at ksl for about seven years and then i switched over left journalism burned out tail old as time <laughs> right and then switched over to doing pr for the division of wildlife so i've been here a little over two years now so like every other journalist with the advent of the internet like journalism has basically died in a lot of respects. Which is really sad. It is really sad. Yeah. And it's, to me, it's depressing because local journalism is like what matters, right? And mm-hmm. that's what's getting hit hard with yeah. a lot of like the newspapers shutting down and people getting laid off. And so it is sad to see that. It makes my heart hurt. The newspaper piece is tough, like really tough in particular, because that was, that was the source of real good active journalism. And now you've got like, like the Deseret News is like what, four staff writers now that write the whole dang paper. And they, they're, I think they're tied with KSL. They are. And, yep. and the Tribune's tied with, I think Fox, uh, Fox 13. So basically they can use the, the just, TV news is yeah. part of the paper. Like, right. And it is hard. Cause like you said, I mean, newspapers, they go, you go more in depth. There's a lot more of that kind of like in, you know, investigative, investigative stuff, reporting yeah. and, you know, bring to light a lot of important issues. Whereas like a lot of kind of newer stuff is just like skim the surface, viral video kind of content, which like 
it's fun, but it's not, you know, having as big of an impact. Well, yeah, like you look at like KSL, the the stuff that gets the most clicks is when they post those stupid videos like, hey, have you seen this? Yeah. Which was the popular internet video a month and a half ago, KSL, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. KSL is behind the times on that stuff. But every once in a while, like once a week, you'll see one of those videos pop up on their page and it just gets it hammered does. with clicks. It does. And it's hard because it's like you want the page views, but also like... You need to do some more in-depth stuff. And so I think there's a good balance that a lot of local media is trying to hit. But yeah, so my, a little piece of my heart is still with news and, and kind of in the newsroom. I do still get a lot of news alerts on my phones. I haven't quite kicked the habit. <laughs> I've been gone for two years and I'm still like have FOMO. You know, I need to know what's going on. But yeah, but it's fun. But as a as a as a, uh, a public info officer, I mean, basically the communications wing of the DWR, you still get to do a lot of that stuff, I would assume, right? Yeah. And, and in fact, m- one of my old bosses who also kind of burned out and went to PR, he always calls it news adjacent. So now we're <laughs> news adjacent. And so kind of I have my foot in the door and I'm still working with a lot of my old coworkers and a lot of the other media um, and kind of still in that world, kind of get my news fixed, but then it is kind of a, a different. It's like a cross well. between scientific writing and investigative journalism. Totally. <laughs> of those. Right. And creating like fun pieces that people will still click. Right. Yeah. Dumb it down for the average Joe to like understand what the biologists mean, but, um, but yeah, still being able to produce a lot of content for sure. It's fun. So I'm going to take a, a step back. The first question that we really need to know from you is <laughs> what month were you born in? Oh, a November. February. February. So you're a Valentine's baby. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, literally almost exactly. November 18th. Have you ever asked your parents about that I day? have not. That would be traumatizing. Have you ever thought about that before I now? I have, actually. <laughs> I have. I've been like doing the math one day and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> so, but no, we have not had the conversation. We never will. Champagne so. and chocolate covered strawberries. Happy Conception Day. <laughs> right, right. I'm a, I'm a November 11th, but. Okay. I was a test tube baby, so there was no, no romance, romance there. Involved. No romance, okay. Well, you don't know that. Your dad may have been really romantic. <laughs> oh, Your bio dad. Maybe. Oh, gosh. Maybe. The janitor. <laughs> That's the random Irish college student. That's what we figured. Something. Yeah. I'm hoping he was an, uh, a, a doctor. Because back in the early 70s when they were doing all the in vitro stuff, because it was like pretty cutting edge then. They we didn't a- have like books. We actually asked. We asked her mom because we're like, well, how do they determine? Like, who she's like, they, they just took a picture the of your hospital dad. and was like, that guy kind of looks. Are you <laughs> looks like this guy? Are yeah, you like seriously, that's how they did it. They're top. like, you kind of look like her, like her husband. Okay, you can donate sperm. Like, will you do can it? Can you donate sperm? So You're I don't know. No, no, that's, that's really how they, how they well, did it. People will donate. You can sign up to donate. I know you can do it for like eggs. They'll take picture of you and they'll get your. Right, but they didn't have everything that. about you when know I mental was... illnesses or whatever, yeah, so they can match you. Yeah, in the seventies, yeah. no, were they just didn't like, do that. Holy crap! It didn't matter about your something. history. They just, just what you went like. What you you look, look like. kind of like the dad, and so when yeah. we put your sperm with this egg, the baby that's produced might look, might look like they were actually well, produced we weren't, by this. We company. weren't like gene sequencing in the seventies. No. That was a pipe dream back then. You could still smoke in restaurants in the seventies. No, I wasn't alive. He could have been like cross. He could have been like cross-eyed. In the and 70s, you could sit in a non-smoking section, which was a piece of glass with a gap below it next to the smoking right, section. Right. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, we were I miss those days. We weren't into health like we are today. That was also the 80s and the 90s. So. It's true. 
It wasn't until the late 90s that all the clean air acts. However, that was back when you could get like homemade treats for Halloween. Oh, yeah. You could get popcorn balls. Yeah. That's uh, true. I mean, you still can. Nope. You don't let your kids eat that crap anymore. (laughs) But that was, that was also the time frame when next door neighbors convinced parents to let them sleep with their 12 year old daughters in their bedrooms. What was that when we were talking about that freaking crazy kidnapping rape thing up in Idaho that happened. What was the name Yeah, of it? I don't know. They did a Netflix special. Captured in plain sight or something. <laughs> yeah, where she got like kidnapped twice or something. But everyone was way more trusting than to yeah. some detriments, honestly. But it's too bad y'all can't see the look on face. She's, <laughs> the, like, the look at, she's I like, I thought I was here to talk about animals. The what the heck hell? happened? We can talk about this too. <laughs> to be, it's fine. To be fair, <laughs> that be guy fair. was an animal. That guy was definitely an animal. Oh, we see, only mostly stay on topic here. <laughs> hey, I'm fine. We'll, we'll get into it. So, so where were you born? So you were a Valentine's baby, and then where were you born? <laughs> um, so I'm from super super tiny Podunk town in southern Utah. It's called Alton. No one's heard of it. Is it? But is it like sub four hundred population? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like a hundred people maybe. So it's like I basically tell people it's between Bryce and Zion, like down along oh, eighty nine. Okay. Most people will pass the sign as they're headed to Lake Powell. It's kind of by Canab. If you've heard of Canab, anyway. Yeah, Mike Noel's from there. We hate him. Oh, okay. Well, that whole, I, don't, I don't know anything about probably, Mike Noel. He's probably he's the representative for that okay. for that okay. district. District. Yeah. So I, I saw a thing. I don't. I don't want to imply that you're inbred, but I saw a thing. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> well, no. I, I saw a thing, and it's mostly about southern states, and like, um, I don't remember where I saw it, but um, they they really are inbred down there, and a big part of it. It's not. It's not because they really like their cousins. It's because they're born in an area like when you get into the deep south, like. Tennessee and Kentucky and Alabama, you're born in areas that are, uh, especially like the Appalachians, that are very geographically isolated. And, oh, right. And they're, you know, you're two hours from another town. Your Where town did, is I like... I also saw that. Where did your, I see that? Your town is Facebook? like a hundred people or something. I'm not sure. Maybe I saw it on TikTok. Could be. I watched a oh, lot of TikTok. Oh, probably. But I started looking into that and it's a real thing in these small towns of like two, three hundred people. Oh, I was going to say, I won't disagree with that. The dating the, pool is small. And the, <laughs> and the people don't generally leave because there's not sure. a lot of opportunity. Do they not realize they're related? Oh, no, they do. Oh. I think it's just. And they're super nice else. people, but they're definitely inbred and they're definitely <laughs> dumb. <laughs> so she's not want- gonna want to come back. You were just like, look, "Hey, you are an inbred." Look, <laughs> I, I live say, in a town of less than four hundred. I totally understand. I can tell you, my parents are from too. completely different sides of the country, so there I do go. not fall into that category. But I, I, I mean, that is a thing. And down you didn't there. date your cousin or your brother. I so. did not date my cousins well, or my brother. That's probably less of a thing now. Like, I mean, Utah it, is it, not now that you can south. travel yeah. a little. Now bit that there's easier, the internet yeah. and you can so, do farmersonly.com. Oh, yes, exactly. Did you grow up down there? In so I did. Yep, I grew up my elementary, high school, whatever, and then so moved the, up here. What from high school college. did you go to? Because there's no way they have their own high school. No, so it's essentially it's like all the little tiny communities there go to one high school. It's called Valley High School. Not to be confused with, apparently there's one up here for troubled youth. Yep. Yeah. Valley so, High. So, yes. Yeah. So when I would tell people when I moved up here, oh, I went to Valley High School, they'd like, ooh, and like, like look, they're looking like for pre- needle checks. Were you yes, pregnant they're getting ready. addicted yes, to drugs? Like, they were getting ready for me to pull out like a shank or something. Yeah. So no, not that high school, but really small, 1A. Yeah. Super, super rural. In elementary school, it's did fun. you have split grades? 
Like, did you do first and second grade together? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it was all split. Yeah. But basically, first through sixth was in an elementary school. And then our high school was actually seventh through twelfth. But but you did like first and second were in the same classroom? No, no. Oh. They were all separate classrooms. Chris went to a I went to an went elementary to school, school where, they where they were together. Oh, really? First and second, third and fourth, fifth oh, and sixth in the same class. No, and ours were like very small class classes, obviously. Sure. Like, And you basically graduated with the same group that you went to kindergarten with. So, like, my graduating class, there was 26 of us, and we grew up together. <laughs> like, so that's kind of the small... My graduating class at 1,200. Yeah. That's how inbreeding happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not suggesting... He's like, pointing at me I'm that, not, that. Not, you should see her. There's that, six toes. But that is... I can't... <laughs> no, I promise there's not. <laughs> look under the table and see. Checking out her feet, you weirdo. <laughs> so, I mean, how was that... Uh, growing up, because you then came to college, right? You came up here to college, yep. you said? Yep. So moved up here, went to school at UVU. Um, that was definitely... So that was a huge it was school for you. That it was, was like, a huge ooh. change, yeah. So my kids the grew up in the city. parochial school. So they had very, very small classes. Not quite as like small, but like... 17 kids in But like, yeah, classes. my oldest daughter had like a 100 and something in her graduating class. And my okay. youngest had like... I, it was still a hundred and something, but it was closer to the 200 area, like very, yeah. very small. And they went to school with all the same kids mm-hmm. and everything. So when we were like out on campuses, like they would go out to the campus and when they would see the student body, they were like, we took the oldest to Utah no. state because she's, she's a wildlife biologist. She was looking oh, up there yeah. to go. We take her to Utah state. She steps foot on that campus and she's like, I already know I can't be here. She's like, this is, t- she's like, no, it's too many people. No, oh, it just stressed her out. Cause yeah. there was like, you, you're seeing people you don't know. And that's and weird. Yeah. And like 30,000 of them. Yeah. No, and I, they, they all came at, when we were walking up to the, the office for our appointment, like it happened to be when some classes let out and people started coming in and she was like, no, yeah, like we didn't like, even finish the that's a hard path. We didn't even finish like the tour. We just walked away from the tour because oh, she was like, I, I can't do this. She ended up going to SUU because the campus yeah. was pretty small. So, yeah. so how was that culture shock for you to go from Alton to, I mean, you, do you even have a grocery store there? No, to, to, not a stoplight. In fact, area. let me tell you a fun fact about Alton before I answer your question. We legit have, instead of stop signs, this is no joke. You can Google this after I wrote an article about it. KSL, <laughs> they say, whoa. Whoa. I kid you not. <laughs> I kid best. you not. That's our claim to fame. So if you ever drive down that way and you see the little Alton sign, take a tiny detour, take a tour of the town, it'll take you 45 seconds and get a picture with the whoa sign. Have, ha, do, have you ever had uh, is it cheese? W-H-O-A? It is. Oh, good. The it's true spelled spelling correctly. Of woe. Yes, exactly. Have you ever had uh, cheese from the creamery that's down there? What's the name of it? It's the, oh, the, the polygamous, polygamous one. Polygamous creamery. It's, oh, it's no. out in that area. They won awards at the cheese. At the cheese festival. Che- the cheese competition. I can't oh, remember. There's a polygamist group who has a. Okay. You guys will remember. They have a dairy farm and they have a dairy farm. Uh, the they like supply a lot of Utah and they won a whole bunch of awards and we had yeah, they do all kinds of cheeses. Huh. Yeah, I no. can't remember the name. I'll have to look them up for anyway. you. I was about to say, I will have to check it out because, yeah, I yeah. like still go and visit and stuff. But yeah, no, it, but back to your question. So it was definitely culture shock, like just uh, having so many people and stores and like and it was, big, big groups of people where you're going to class. Yep. And, yep. And traffic. And it was like a whole thing. So it definitely took some adjusting. But now I live in Salt Lake and I love it. And my family still thinks I'm crazy. So. Of course, they yeah. still live in Alton. Yeah, Alton. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean. yeah. You either you either grow up there and you want to move away, or you grow up there and you just you need You're to like, stay. I can't like, stay. Yeah. And marry your brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does your family think about how gigantic St. George is getting? Yeah, they hate it. 
they it's and they like nuts. complain about the traffic when they go to St. George. It's horrible. It is bad. That's where they go to get groceries and stuff. I would assume St. George and Cedar City. Mm-hmm. Yep, right. are the closest. Mm-hmm. So Cedar City's got to be easier for them to navigate. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's smaller. Yeah, it's and like, like all of my stop yeah, <laughs> yeah, and all of my siblings minus me went to SUU, so like that's kind of their stomping grounds, and yeah, I really liked SUU. Oh, it was fun, and my daughter had like she still posts. She lives in Colorado now, and she okay. she still posts of uh, the places that she misses being able to to get to from SUU. My youngest went to school at Dixie State. She's up at the U now. Oh but, yeah, so they both went down to Southern Utah, and they that that's the part that they miss the most, not not the school or anything. Sure. But, it is. They're both. But they're the, fun. And yeah. They're, they're charming. There's yeah, little unique things to each town, and I don't know. I feel like Southern Utah is like a totally different culture than Northern oh, yeah. Utah, but that's probably a whole other episode. It, but. it is, and it's something we've talked about. Yeah, so, okay. So you you go to college, you you wind up at KSL, but how do you transition from KSL into the DWR? Yeah, that's a great question. So when I was at KSL, um, I think because of my kind of rural rednecky background, um, you know, grew up outdoorsy, camping, whatever, whatever, um, they had me start an outdoor section for KSL.com. So I basically started, you know, writing hiking, camping, fishing, hunting type content and made some contacts with the Division of Wildlife because I was covering a lot of the hunting, fishing stuff. And then when I kind of was just starting to burn out of news, I was also doing breaking news um, by the end. And it was just a lot. <laughs> so mm-hmm. kind of burned out, had some kids, you know, not good family life, work balance, whatever. Um, so I started looking at other jobs and this position um, to be PIO for the Division of Wildlife kind of popped up. And so anyway, thought it seemed like a good fit. And here we are. So yeah, kind of a random leap. I definitely did not grow up you know, thinking I should be the, the speaker for the animals, to, so to speak. But yeah, it's been really fun, though. It seems like such a fun job. We were really excited to have you on. So Yeah, yeah it wasn't just to ask questions about inbreeding. <laughs> no, no. But it did make me think because of the, there are a ton of polygamists down there. Like there especially are. St. George, Cedar City, and all of that southeastern yeah. corner of the state. Colorado City. Yeah. yeah it's uh, And, you know, like you, this is what I don't understand. They all wear those those curtain dresses that they make mm-hmm. so they stick out like sore thumbs everywhere they go there's like there's there's a group of four of them all in the same dress yeah. like but with jeans jeans underneath but, but, they've all got cell phones but the but the guys get to just wear regular clothes but that's why, a bummer but th- that's what i don't understand is like why do they do that because they know they're gonna get they're gonna stick out sure. and be singled out like sure. st george costco always yeah, <laughs> yeah. st george walmart too st. same george thing walmart. yeah yeah. All, but I, I just don't or understand that. Or that fun center. Oh, yeah, the fun yeah. zone. They're always at the fun zone. They are at the fun zone a lot. <laughs> a place like St. George, that fun center. With the, like the mini the golf go-karts and the go karts. When you grew up there, there you totally oh, remember the Fiesta yeah. Fun. Oh, is that yeah. what it is? Fiesta Fun. That's it. That was Fiesta. where my first ever birthday party that I went to from school was. Yeah, we used oh, to live at St. George. I had a whole eight tokens. It was amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's talk. I do want to talk about animals uh, and I want to talk about wildlife. Um, but, uh, where is your guys' office, uh, up here? Yeah. So there, we have six offices actually statewide. Um, kind of, we call them regional offices, just different parts of the state. But the one here is up in Salt Lake, um, like off of North Temple, kind of heading west, um, toward the airport, right mm-hmm. along the tracks line there. So yeah, it's by the fairgrounds, DMV, oh, yeah. if you know where that is. Yeah, so yeah, definitely yeah, know where the that's fairgrounds That's our neck are. of the woods. Yep. Yeah. It's where, a lot of homeless population has moved to. Yeah. It's where the red iguana the, is. 
Yeah, yeah. Sure. They exactly. always play my favorite song there. Is it is it one of those big brown mm-hmm. government buildings mm-hmm. that's just okay. Totally. Yep. yep. Totally a nondescript government exactly. building. <laughs> Emphasis on big and brown and they're yep. they're the the brown brick brown brick yeah, buildings. That should say on it nondescript government yeah. building. <laughs> but kind uh, of kind of like our uniforms, just nondescript brown, brown and orange good colors. Brown, yep. Some some small logo in the corner. McDonald's yep. colors. <laughs> yep. Not but that's really. a pra- but that's a practical uniform. So for right. you because you're not one of the biologists, like how often are you actually out in the field? Yeah. So not usually like most of me and like the communications team are in an office typically, unless we're like tagging along, like I'll do it for my podcast that I was talking about. I'll go out and help them with field projects and get interviews and fun stuff. So I just kind of tag along as needed to do a podcast or get footage or whatever. Most of the time we are just in an, in the office and I usually don't have to wear an interview or a, you know, the uniform. Mm-hmm. I call myself the, the Steve Irwin in heels. That's what I look like. <laughs> That's a pretty, stay, <laughs> stay away yeah, yeah. from stingrays. Yeah. Um, can that be our title? Steve Irwin, Steve Irwin, Irwin in heels. heels. <laughs> it's definitely got some potential. I got you. I got you. Um, but anyway, yeah, I usually don't have to wear a uniform unless I'm like doing interviews or whatever. I dressed up for you guys. So she has really, know. she has really cute shoes. You totally shoes on. didn't have to do that because <laughs> I don't know if you know this about podcasts since you have but one. She, but she did know that we were taking pictures and there's, I think she wanted to represent. Pictures, so yeah. she's a communications person. Gotta, she has to. Gotta rep the company. Yeah. 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 So DWR is a, is a federal organization, right? Uh, or state. State. Mm-hmm. State. So there are like federal. So the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is the federal okay, so kind of wildlife federal, agency. Okay. But yeah. So, so is that, are you, do work tightly together? Like, are you like ish? There's like some programs and like some species that overlap. Um, so basically, right now, like most of the wildlife in Utah is managed by us as a state level until it like is not doing well and then it has to get federally listed and it's like on the endangered species list. If you've heard that, that is when it's kind of the, so, the feds take over and manage. So, DWR can issue fines for fishing violations and poaching and right. stuff like that. Right. Yep. And they're the wildlife cops. Yes. That is, that is so, so, you guys yeah. manage a lot of like hunting seasons and stuff like that, right? Yep. Exactly. Are so, they- so that's a big bulk of what we do is we'll manage, um, yeah, all the hunting season dates, permits, um, and same with fishing and kind of oversee those licenses and, um, yeah, make rules and regulations kind of governing the management of those those sports. So yeah. people got to they want to get a special tag. They've got an in if they know you. <laughs> no. No, that's so, all. I know I'm all like, by drawing. People wish and they I have gotten emails, I'm sure but gotten I'm asked. like I wish you knew I have literally no authority over anything. <laughs> Are they wildlife cops like the wildlife cops in Texas <laughs> who like carry full on guns and like bulletproof and like the wildlife cops in Texas are you know, no you and Alaska are like that though too. <laughs> I was about to say they do just because um, we also assist like local county sheriffs and stuff too, oh. so their departments. So they'll like go on like drug arrests sometimes, okay. or they'll help with like you know whatever stuff like that. So they do like dress like cops. They're just in brown like me, mm-hmm. <laughs> like highway patrol officer. Yeah, yeah. We probably don't have as many problems with it here. I mean, I would assume poaching is probably a really big thing that you guys deal a lot with. Yeah, and and actually, I will say Utah does pretty good. Like, there's not as much poaching as you would maybe think. Um, I do kind of a, a little news release at the end of each year, kind of recapping how many animals were poached. And like last year in all of 2020, I think it was maybe a thousand total, um, which may seem like a lot, but like 
in terms of how many people are actually hunting and get fishing and hunting licenses each year, it's like a very small fraction of the population. Did well, you did you guys help with Rabbi? Do you know who that was? The the deer in Camp Williams. It was oh. this deer with this huge, huge antlers, and they Rack. called him Rabbi. I heard about this. And he would just walk around Camp Williams, and everyone would just take pictures of him, and he he was like the Camp Williams god. He would just, he's majestic, and he'd just roam around, and some idiot decided one day he's going to kill him, so he hopped the fence, shot the deer, and then tried to taxidermy it, and then was like showing off the antlers on. He's in jail now, uh-huh. but yeah. That, so that's the kind of thing you guys totally. would do. And that yeah. was before my time, but I think I remember that from when I was at KSL. Actually, weirdly enough, um, on that side of it. But yeah, so we kind of enforce a lot of those hunting laws just to make sure the population stay healthy and and people so are following. With a, like a, a roughly, a, let's say a thousand poached animals. We're talking mostly big game animals, I assume. Yeah, typically. So weirdly, actually, the bulk is fish. Um, oh, people okay. just don't know the limits, or so they'll, you, they'll so, keep so too you, many. So that's quantified in the same thing, right? Like the fishing, like overfishing or fishing without a license. That's that's quantified the same as big game poaching in in a lot of respects. Yes, mm-hmm, exactly. But yeah, like the the poaching that most people think about that gets the most attention, obviously, is big game. Yeah, yeah. and fishing's kind of hard and. and only because every lake can have its own rules totally. and sizes. And because I've been fishing with my brother-in-law. Where, where were we on his boat? What was that? What like Strawberry. Strawberry. Yeah. And we're catching fish. And, and luckily, he knows all the rules. But he's like, oh, you can't keep that one. And I'm like, oh, yep. okay. Yep. And then we pick another one. No, you can't keep that one. Why? It's bigger. Well, it's a different. So totally. that one I could see. I'm sure there are people that know what they're doing. But I think a lot of people just really don't. Totally. Like I got a fishing yep. license. I'm just going to go up and fish. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. You, you, they have little pamphlets and books that go over every lake and every fishing area in Utah and says that you can keep Yeah, but who's going to read that? Yeah. I well, and that's I know I got it, but only because I was dare bored. You. But when you get a fishing license, they're supposed to give you one of those as well. Yeah. So, and that's kind of one message, obviously, that we always try to promote. And I'll put the plug here, obviously, is kind of like you wouldn't just start driving a car without taking the driver's ed course and like getting your license and whatever, whatever. Um, same thing with hunting fishing. Like you can't, you shouldn't just like pick up a gun and like I'm gonna go shoot a turkey today but or you whatever. Totally can. And just because you unless can you want to get like you I know I like, <laughs> but usually if you're not like educated, you're gonna break some <laughs> but, kind of rule. But yeah, right? like okay, so you want to get a turkey license because turkey season just the spring turkey season's going on, right? It just started. Yeah, yeah. So you want to get? How a did turkey you know license. that? Uh, because I read stuff, and Justin went to Michigan to shoot turkeys last I love week. It. We don't hunt or anything. Got, just randomly, he knows it's, and, it's he turkey does research. Let me yeah. tell you, Justin went to Michigan to hunt turkeys. Justin also ran into a patch of like poison oak and oh. got it all over his gloves and rubbed his face oh, and didn't realize up. it and had like giant rashes on his face. Is this your brother? No, this is no, a guy. His I brother's with. name oh. is Daniel. Oh, that's right, Daniel. Oh. But anyway, so back to turkey season. So you can just get a turkey license. You put in for it. You get the license to to hunt turkeys. Right? There's not a lot of requirements. Yeah. So basically, with any any type of hunting, you do have to like take hunter education first and get like your your certificate, your certificate right? Card. To be able to, yeah, your blue card. Thank you for knowing that. Um, <laughs> to be able to purchase a license at all, to be eligible. But yes, once you've taken hunter ed, then you can just. There's a lot that you can just purchase. Oh, over but the you counter. do have to have a hunter's ed course. You do. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you know. do have to take a hunter's ed course before you can get a license. And but yeah, like with turkeys, anybody could just buy like an over the counter license or buy it off our website or whatever, um, and not 
necessarily know what they're doing. Like I said, we encourage them to research and like read the little guidebooks and make sure they know the rules and where they can, can't, what kind of weapons, yada, yada. Um, but yes, in, in some instances with different species, you can just buy license. Well, it's like I was, when I was talking about Lindsay. So I, for a while I worked with, um, uh, somebody that was a hunter and she actually, I think she got a, I think she's had a bear license and a cougar. Oh yeah. Like, or yeah, she was pulled for the lottery, but we were talking about gun safety one day and she was like, well, I don't understand why, you know, why there's such a big deal or whatever. And I said, let's, let's take a step back. You've grown up hunting your whole life and you took hunter safety classes and you go out with hunters who don't want to be shot and teach you how to respect that gun. My kids didn't grow up around guns and don't know anything about guns. And I tell them about guns, but if, if you have a parent that's not really thinking about the fact that they need to warn their kids, other houses might have guns, you know, that's why we have to worry about. So like, I think a hunter's safety course is probably way better than any other gun course that that we have because you actually learn. I think you should probably have about the safety of guns. Like don't point guns at people point guns at the ground. Like all of that. Like you learn to walk with the gun. I think you should have to have a license to own a firearm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not a driver license, an actual like firearm license. Right. Where you you... learn all these safety skills and things. Yeah. Well, I think it's concealed weapons. No, you don't have. You don't have to have that in your time. Well, no, I know you don't. I'm saying, but you should have to have something. So quick question on on turkey hunting. Uh, AR-15s? <laughs> yes or no? Uh, no. <laughs> no. 22 pistols, hunting, yes or Are no? you hunting the turkey just to kill it or to eat it? Because I'm pretty sure if you like, shoot it with that, it's going to be a problem. So, and that's another thing. In the spring, um, you can't use rimfire rifles. So it's mainly archery or yeah, shotgun. But then the fall, it allows for different types of firearms. So, yeah, that's kind of another component of like knowing the rules so you... Make sure you have the right equipment. Why? How come you can in the fall, but not in the spring? Yeah, that's a great question that I, uh, I'll not tell really you. Sure. It's probably babies. <laughs> I'll probably tell you why. Babies. It's babies. Yep. It's all the babies. They don't, so it's much harder to hunt turkeys up close because you have to get close to them and they're mean as shit. Uh, and, and hunting with a bow requires you to be close and stealthy yeah. and a good shot. And hunting with a shotgun requires you to be close. Uh, and in the spring, they're not trying to cull the herd, so to speak, nearly as much as they do in the fall because that's where all your new ones are. Uh, and so it's a... It's, I think it has to do with babies. has a lot to do with babies. Babies and mamas. I grew up in Wyoming. I know a lot about hunting. I know. Yeah. Look at this. Do you hunt? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Okay. I used Jeremy to hunt. hunts. He just went boar hunting. Oh, do you? With her, okay. with her boyfriend. Okay. I, I, I grew up with plenty of wild game meat, never had to go hunting and we yeah. were poor. So owning a gun and getting hunting licenses wasn't realistic for us. So sure. Uh, yeah. I did shoot plenty of rabbits when I was a kid. Though. Sure. <laughs> my a my grandpa does a, yeah. when you grow up in Wyoming or Southern Utah. Yeah, or whatever. Just go out yeah. in the desert and shoot rabbits and then have rabbit stew right. and fried rabbit. Yeah. It's so good. Fried rabbit. My grandpa good. was a hunter and they have, pro- they have one of the ranch eggs property off one of the ranch eggs. That's, I don't even know where it is. Um, and there's a picture of me when, my and my mom went up hunting with my grandpa when I was a baby having a bath out camping. I'm like, who takes a baby camping, mom? She's like, that's just what you do. That's probably the last time you went camping. That's awesome. No, I used to camp. Oh. Remember, we had the trailer. I was about to say, full disclosure, I took my baby camping. <laughs> I mean, it just it just wasn't that something person. that, uh, but it just wasn't something that had occurred to me because by the time, so my my grandparents were fairly young, but my mom didn't have me until she was like in her quite late twenties. Like what did we figure out? 20, like she was 27, which is pretty late 22. for here. Sure. Yeah. She forgot, but 
I think she was 27 when she had me. And so by the time I was old enough to realize all my grandparents were too, like they weren't going hunting anymore. Sure. Sure. So I had grown up camping, but not hunting. Yeah. And so when I ran across that picture, I'm like, what the heck is this? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, we were hunting. I've also, I've also quartered and, and butchered plenty of animals that my friends killed, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never, never gone out on the hunt myself. Yeah. My, I think my mom used to help my grandpa do all that. So our neighbor over here used to hang me in his garage. <laughs> yeah. That's what you do when you get an animal and you I don't know, feel dressed. but I don't want to see it hanging in his garage. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I need to be prepared if I'm going to see that. So I, I'd like to talk, um, more, I'm, I'm moving on from hunting. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. And, and I'm glad you are, honestly, because a lot of the division, what we do is broader than just hunting and fishing. You know, that's kind of what people think. We're like, oh, we're the wildlife cops, you know. Um, but there's a lot that goes into... With yeah. a daughter who was doing her biology down in southern Utah, we kind of learned a little bit about that. Yeah. So I, I actually want to talk a little bit more about some of the other stuff that you guys do in regards to, like, wildlife management. I know that you guys clear carcasses off of roads and stuff typically right like that's a bad part of your job yes and i did i will say i did just go do that last fall i was eight months pregnant Uh, (laughs) i went for a podcast episode for anyway so i had content while i was on maternity leave and it was as gross as you would imagine i was like dry heaving i was gonna say did you throw up i was close i was like this is real bad you guys and they were laughing i will say the worst one i've ever seen from like a roadkill perspective when we were taking so we we just moved cassie the wildlife biologist to denver and right as we got up to the state line of uh wyoming and utah in evanston very clearly a semi had hit a moose and drug it and like you could (laughs) there was like blood on the and and there's all the construction right there right there at the at the state line and so traffic's backed up one lane and you can just see Mm-mm. and like, so i'm just like and then you I'm see part of the carcass and then later you see that. it was like and... really gruesome no it's bad it's <laughs> yeah. bad and in the summer and it's uh, like there for a while the worst just... is in the summer when they get hit by like a car and they die not a semi the semis are brutal because they obliterate those yeah. things but if they go off into the woods but if they get hit by like a car and end up on the side of the road they're like cows they bloat they do. And, and their they legs explode. are sticking out straight. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah he's doing yeah. it. Yeah. You, you, you know. You got to get to them before they explode. Yeah. yeah. And it that is a gross part. And I'll be honest, I didn't, before working here, I didn't realize that was a part of the job, right? I, like, I always thought it was UDOT that just, like, handles it, all of that. Is it Tommy Boy where they, hit the, where they hit the deer and put it in the back seat? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually was, was just talking awesome. to someone about that clip today. <laughs> and that, that it's not dead. <laughs> yep. Yep. I was like, we should just use this in our marketing as, like, why you don't, like, take wildlife home or why yeah. you don't feed wildlife. Like, this. This is why. So, when you do hit something out in the wild they should be calling you guys right to say hey come pick this up well normally if a car hits something big enough like that the highway patrol is gonna be involved i'm pretty sure they call them i was about to say yeah and it totally depends like if it's you know outside of office hours or whatever we just tell people to call their local dispatch and then they'll route it to us and either we can come help take care of it or we'll like advise the person kind of on what to do um and we do partner with you like they'll kind of take care of the freeway type stuff and we'll take care of like the city roads, roads and state roads, right? Do you take care of like the free dogs and cats too that we, are taking naps? We do not. <laughs> that that's would be the usually, local animal. Yeah. That's animal control. control. Yes. yes, that's a step below these guys. <laughs> a step below. It's probably a couple Thank steps you. below. They're not. They're not really. Well, I'm wild. just thinking, like in terms of like management of things, like yeah. 
domesticated animals is animal control, and then normal animals and wildlife is DWR, and then wildlife that humans have completely fucked over, that's the federal <laughs> fish and game. I mean, that's a fairly good description. <laughs> and there's just tears is all I'm saying. No, and it is funny because when I was like taking this job, one of my coworkers, she just was like, oh, Faith's going to the animal department. That's just what she calls it. <laughs> and just felt like it's like a catch-all for every animal. And I'm anyway, since being here, I'm like, no, there are tears and there are different things. And weirdly enough, there we, pr- we pretty much just manage protected wildlife. So there's like even a separation between like pot guts and the deer <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like we don't manage raccoons weirdly enough because they're not protected so that's either Trash call pandas. your call your local animal control or they're actually technically managed by the department of agriculture huh. which is random that so, makes sense so no, there's a sleeping sense. animal on the side of the road <laughs> we have to know what kind it is for you to go take no care that's of why it. i said usually assess. you just call the most people just call the police and, call they, yeah. and they know who to route we to. actually have Right. A fox in our neighborhood. Oh, interesting! It was it got caught on ring, and so it was going around on was our go, ring. It was attacking okay. cats, little red yeah. fox. <laughs> Poor yes. little red fox stuck yes. down here. In our but who would that be? Would that be? So I was about to say, I think red foxes are not protected either. Um, so that would probably be like an animal They're control. Peasants. Yeah, yeah, it's probably animal control. There, yeah. if you go to any of the golf courses around the valley, there's tons. Yeah, like if you're up like, at Thanksgiving, if you have point any of the golfing, ones by like the canals and stuff, they usually have foxes. Or yeah, the Thanksgiving point when you're like just sitting on a hole, manning a hole for like a tournament or whatever, you can watch the reeds and yeah. you can watch fox just run around. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of golf courses, we like a lot of geese congregate at golf courses and that is us <laughs> we legit have to go like round them up in the summer and like cart Don't them get away hit by golf relocate them yeah do you clean up their poop after the canadian no. geese <laughs> the canadian geese canadian geese yes. what's a geese they're majestic the majestic canadian geese they start a petition to to kill them all they were going to kill them all and so, oh, they, so they're petitioning at the golf course show. to stop <laughs> oh, to stop oiling all the goose eggs because the... they're going to oil the goose eggs is how they're going to eliminate them oh, don't mess with goose alive. eggs don't mess with, <laughs> oh, no. don't mess with animals out in the wild whether it's a domesticated animal or not Just so preach, preach what about going smaller what about things like uh, bark beetles and stuff do you guys deal with those or is that all BLM I feel like that's ed- agriculture and, and so yeah a lot of the insect type stuff falls under ag as well okay. um like yeah. forestry service, BLM, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we don't really do a lot of insect or plant type stuff. Um, we do have within the division, we have a habitat team, um, but it's mainly in regards to like improving habitat for wildlife. So we'll go and plant shrubs for deer, like in their wintering areas and in their summer ranges and things like that. So did you guys do like the bridge? Did, did you have a hand in the bridge? Yep. yep. That is the coolest it's thing. It's cool. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. And that one did go kind of viral. And so we actually are working on putting... I wouldn't say kind of. Like yeah. they got a lot of national... Yeah, because I actually... His brother in Wyoming actually it, posted it on Facebook and I'm like, dude... Was yeah. it one of the first natural bridges like that that was created? So I well, think it was... So this is kind of a fun fact. So the wildlife crossing thing, we actually did kind of have the first big bridge crossing like that in the U.S. So Utah had the first one in like the 50s, I want to say, down by Beaver. Um, that one, I think, by Parley's just got a lot of publicity because it's so high profile and it's so big. It's enormous. Um, it's huge. Yeah. So and it gets a ton of use. And I think that's partly why, too, is we put up the trail cams to try and document like, is this effective, whatever, and, and do some research and studies on it. And just once we'd publicize that, like it just went gangbusters. But, uh, yeah, how, it's, it's cool to see. How effective is it? Like 
so beyond seeing all the game cross it, because I know that's been really effective. There's yeah. tons of use on it. Uh, what about like the number of roadkill incidents, especially with the bigger game on I-80 right there? Because that was the big reason to do yep. it, because Parley's is super dangerous for animals. Totally. Yep. And, and people. And, and, people. That's, and that's mainly why like we're putting them in, obviously, is to decrease those collisions. So it's safer for people, safer for animals, helps connect some of their migration corridors so they have a better time getting from winter to summer range. But it does, like we've seen a, a significant decrease oh, in those areas good. that it does actually work to decrease those those you know so the only ones that die accidents. now are like frank the outcast <laughs> <laughs> the herd's like get the hell out of here frank larry, we're tired of you larry the inbred yeah. inbred deer the, yeah. the cross eyes he's like yeah. i don't know where the bridge went right. i couldn't find it and it is like kind of cool because we do partner with udot so we'll kind of do the studies on like here's their main corridor you know we call them migration corridors that they're traveling through and this is an area where we do have a lot of collisions so let's put something in here so then we'll partner with udot and they'll actually do obviously most of the construction and we'll kind of tell them where to place it. Um, and like I said, the, that Parley's Canyon one is so high, high profile cause it's more of a bridge, but honestly, most of our stuff is culverts. So yeah, it goes under, under the, yeah. under the highways and those get a ton of use from like deer and different things. Um, but people just don't see those, so they don't talk about them as much, but we have like over 50 of those around the state already. Yeah. Well, and most of them aren't going across like six to eight lane interstates. Sure. Sure. So right. What about the turtle fences in St. George? Is that something you guys did? The uh-huh. What's a turtle fence? Yeah. Exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. It's so the tortoises don't cross like, the street. There are these fences on the side of the road. They're super small. <laughs> like because there's a bunch like a of tortoises foot. out there, right? Desert tortoise. Yeah. So desert tortoise are threatened and Utah is kind of one of the states in the West where we have them. And so like, yeah, that little pocket in St. George, um, we kind of help, I think, do a lot of that with like the, oh, I can't even remember the name of the group down there now. Um, but there's like a whole conservation area that so like, up- it's up by the Red Rocks. It's so yeah. if you're going, if you're heading south, it's on the right hand side. Yeah, if you actually right. get off the freeway, that's where the that's where the Elks Lodge is up there. Yes, up on the mountainside. Kind of, sort of. It, it, the rocks where everybody likes to climb on. Mm-hmm. It's got the overlook point. So if you go up there, and then there's that little fishing pond mm-hmm. thing. If you drive along that road, you see this little fence. <laughs> you see it. Yeah, it's like this tall. Kind of all around there. Turtles yeah. can't climb that That's kind cute. of stuff. Man. There's yeah. a there's a tortoise <laughs> up at uh, the Viet the Vietnam vet. Uh, retirement the, home. What is v- it? That's the I guess VA. it's just the all VA. of it. Not the Vietnam. <laughs> I couldn't think. Shut up. Don't make fun of me. They're there too. Um, that the VA retirement home okay. right now because my daughter was feeding it and I said, "Where where are you?" She's like, "I'm at work. It's here right now visiting our residents." Oh, that's fun. So there's a tortoise up there. And she was that's feeding fun. it lettuce. So it's like a therapy mm-hmm. animal. A therapy or something. turtle. Yeah, yeah. They had a they had a wallaby there yeah. a few weeks ago. Oh, that's cool. So so we've talked a lot about dead animals and a lot about animals on the street. What are some animals that people might run into that we need to be aware of or that we don't may not realize are endangered? Or Does that make sense? So like say we're going on a hike, what do we need to keep an eye out for? Yeah, um, so kind of what we tell people is just anytime you see any type of wildlife species, like just don't approach them, you know, <laughs> whether they're plentiful like deer or whether they're, not as common, you know, like our, our little desert tortoise friends are, are currently threatened. Um, yeah, we just kind of recommend like stay away and kind of a good rule of thumb is if you're hiking and you see some kind of, you know, a rabbit or 
a moose or whatever it is, if they stop what they're doing and they look at you, you're too close. So we kind of say <laughs> oh, like, no. give, just give them their space, let them do their thing. And if you know you're too close, if you're like drawing their attention, um, and it can be dangerous. I mean, we, we have instances almost every year where somebody gets charged by a moose when they're hiking. They're you know? so mean. They're stay the hell away from moose. Like, Deer probably not going to charge you. They're going to run away and Unless pretty fast. They're running, yeah. But but moose, especially female moose, they're they aggressive. are mean. They're called cows. Yeah, they are mean. called cows. What about the dude who recorded the the, the, the cougar, cougar a couple months ago? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> also, that there are a lot of cougars that <laughs> so, people will see down in the city too. And let, let me ask: when something like that happens, because that was not in the city, and that dude was a jackass. He was trying to film her cubs. Yeah, which is why that? she was doing that. When when that something like that happens and goes viral, I mean, obviously you guys see it and you find out about it. Do you then go after that person and and try to educate them or find them for being morons? Can you do that? <laughs> so I wish I was about to say no. So technically, I mean, he did nothing like legally wrong, right? Like we do tell people, like it's not illegal to approach wildlife. It's actually not even illegal to feed wildlife. We just strongly, strongly discourage it because it leads to so many issues. Um, weirdly. Why are people so stupid? I know, I know. Cause um, pot guts are cute. And honestly, that guy. Don't feed pot guts, I'll bite your fingers. <laughs> that guy, to his credit, like, you know, aside from like getting too close and, and whatever, he actually did respond in the like, appropriate yeah, way you know sure. like he responded don't well. turn your back and, yeah yeah and he like... followed kind of all the guidance that we give if you do happen to have a cougar encounter um but yeah that's kind of why we recommend like don't don't get close like if you see wildlife just like give it its space and like take some pictures from afar like don't try and get up there and get a selfie or like whatever so, so. like when i was when i was younger you can tell me if this was the right thing to do or not uh we were on a church <laughs> camping trip i was i like, will judge you no i'm just kidding <laughs> you, you, you can judge all you want so we were on a church camping trip uh and i don't know i must like fourth or fifth grade my brother's still pretty young uh he's maybe eight nine years old um, they're only like 16 months apart, so we're up so. at uh we're up at louis lake in wyoming uh, and it's early spring. It's like April, May time frame. And, and that's when the salmon are spawning at Louis Lake. Okay. And, and the kokanee like are upstream and they are all over the banks. Like the bears. Yeah. They're, they're coming out of hibernation. The, this like true Rocky Mountains, like all of the, the hills are like solid, like rocks with bear dens. And, so you, we're up hiking. and you guys have grizzlies in Wyoming. Oh yeah. So we're up hiking. We see a bear cave. We later see the mother and her two cubs. And the bears are not shy. They're walking up to the lake and they're leaving the Free people alone food. because there are just fish. Like it's just a smorgasbord. Oh, sure. So we're all hanging out in the campground, uh, sitting at tables, just talking, whatever. And pretty soon bear cub comes running through camp and we're like, Oh shit. Then my brother and his friend come running after the bear cub. <laughs> oh no. Smart, I knew, I knew the story smart. was going to give me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> no, at that point, we're like, all right, all right, you guys are morons. Everyone, yeah. get all your stuff, put it in the vehicles. We're going to sit in the vehicles for an hour or two as yeah. this mama bear like decides yeah. to decide what she's going to do. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That is that is not recommended. Yeah. <laughs> I know, do the, not and, play with babies. And these people. were grizzlies. These were not black bears. I was about to say, grizzlies are a whole different ballgame. Yeah, these were grizzlies. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Other, is, other than polar, That's is that the, the nah, biggest? Kodiaks are way bigger. Are they? Kodiaks are huge. But didn't we learn that polar was the biggest? Polar bears are the biggest. Okay. And it's so uh, actually, like, if you go up to 
What it's in West Yellowstone. It's the bear uh, and wolf sanctuary that they have up there for new. For what you were just saying, people have when you fed feed, the bears too. When much. you feed wildlife, they learn they can get food yeah. from humans and they become they a nuisance. And then they seek humans. Habituated. And yeah. bears in particular, because they're so smart, once they figure out how to do things like get into trash sure. cans, sure, they have to do something with them. They either have to put them down, or they have to put them in a rehabilitation center where they basically just live their life in a zoo. Sure. So this place up in um, West Yellowstone, it's um, right outside the gates ish. Yeah, it, it's it's a uh, but they also have like a kind of a bear museum, and they have a stuffed Is polar that bear. Like bear world. Is that what you're talking it's about? No. Bear World. I can't remember what it, it's called. I can't remember what it's called it's either, West, but it's not. It's in the town West it's Yellowstone. It's in West Yellowstone. Oh. It's not on the road, but oh, I see. you go and it's they have. It's actually like right next to the gate. They have like a wolf. They have wolves and bears. So it's a wolf rescue and a bear rescue. And okay. they have a little museum that has, you know, like, like mounts of like they have a polar bear, like an 1800 pound polar bear. So you bear. can see what they look like. Yeah. And then they have across from it, a black bear, which is like the yeah. opposite which is of like the a spectrum. Yeah. And there's so much difference in size totally. between the two. And shape even. Yeah. Like totally. No, they're yeah. And we I'm obviously in Utah we only have black bears, you know, and they are kind of one of the smaller species. Um but we still, you know, even though they're not like as aggressive as grizzly, we still kinda of give that message that, you know, like you said, if they become habituated, they can become threatening and if they want your food, they're gonna go after your so, food when you're camping and that thing. So when we have a, a situation like uh, I think it was two summers ago where we had a couple of really human aggressive black bears uh yep. up by Pace and Lakes, I think is where That where was my were. first year at the division. <laughs> yeah, so is that something that you guys then have to handle and mm-hmm. your your people have to go find those bears and then <sighs> euthanize them? Yeah. And it is kind of unfortunate because in Utah we don't have any kind of rehabilitation facilities for big game animals or for game mammals like that and so typically that is the only option is to euthanize them just just for public safety reasons right like our biologists love animals that's why they got into the job they don't like doing that but we don't want some little kid that's camping up there later to get bit, do, eaten by a bear. Do right? they ever try to re- relocate bears like that? Or once they're human aggressive, they yeah. have to put them down? Once they're basically, that's kind of in our policy. Once they've shown those signs of aggression or they are habituated and they don't show a f- any fear, basically, of people, then we do have to euthanize them just for safety reasons. Because if, if it happens up there and then we relocated it to southern Utah and then it bite someone's head off in southern utah like that's <laughs> not, not my problem you guys. yeah that's not great so what about why. uh so i would assume wolves are like a federally thing a federally handled thing and we don't really have they're not wolves here. on the endangered species anymore are they? so wolves wolves are kind of a tricky a tricky little guy so we don't have established packs here in utah and they are they were currently just barely delisted um for pretty much so all of the U.S. Flux now. Yeah, like just like last fall, basically. Um, they were before that on the endangered species list for a long, long time, except randomly for like a corner of Utah. Um, they were managed by us. Yeah. The whole thing was kind of a weird situation. Weird. But we basically were directed by the federal government to like make sure they didn't become established in Utah. So if we found any in this like weird little top corner, right corner of Utah, um, we were kind of directed to just, you know, up by Bear Lake and stuff. Yeah. Drive them out or euthanize them or whatever. Um, but now they are like delisted nationwide. Um, so we're basically just kind of on the topic of wolves. We're basically just monitoring because there have been some confirmed, you know, sightings in Colorado, just right on the border. And so we're basically asking anybody if they do see wolves or evidence of wolves to report it because we are trying to d- establish and see like if they are Is there a pack establishing in, in Utah. Yeah, exactly. 
What about uh, I got a couple a couple more animals that I think about when I think about Utah wildlife. Uh, what about coyotes? Do you guys do anything with coyotes? Do you manage those? So coyotes are also kind of a weird <laughs> thing. So they are not protected wildlife. So yeah, they are not managed by us. They're managed by the Department of Ag, like I was talking oh, okay, about. Okay. But weirdly enough, because they're not protected, we do kind of monitor a like coyote bounty program if you guys have heard of this oh yeah where people can just go hunt them you know there's no permit required obviously because they're not you know you they protected. hunt them and then they can take them to you to get paid exactly yep so they basically can like harvest as many as they want Do um, we have a really bad coyote problem here is it really yeah it's it, and that's kind of why the program was established it was basically a legislative thing they said we need to get these under control and the biggest issue is just because they breed like crazy they're kind of like rabbits so they're, and then they eat all the rabbits they spread all over and they also eat deer yeah which is a problem because we have had declining deer populations over the last couple of years because of drought and so this was kind of another way to like help manage those populations it's like take out some of the predators and just give them you know kind of more of a fighting chance and anyway so that's kind of part of the of the bounty program what's the going rate for a coyote um, 50 bucks. Yeah, I was going to say it's 50 yep. bucks, right? But there's like all sorts of stipulations. Like you have to check it in. Like we have an app basically that you download. And so you have to like submit your GPS coordinates so we know it was killed in Utah. And what location. Exactly. And what location. And then um, you use like you harvest it obviously. And then you take the lower jaw and I think the ears and you turn those into a division office and then they'll... That's very specific. It is. But are they allowed to just leave the, the rest left of the carcass toenail. out there for Well, challenges? I think it's so that they can't, like, stuff them and... Well, and it's partly so we can get data because yeah. if you have the lower jaw, you need the teeth to, like, age it and those kinds of things. So we're trying to also collect data on, like, different coyote populations, right? That's really cool. Um, hmm. Anyway, so, yeah, there's, like, always kind of a method to the madness, but... So, the last animal that I'm thinking about is the horse population. I was just going to ask about wild because horses. Is that ag? we have a really big wild horse population here. So that is Bureau of Land Management. Okay, yeah. so BLM manages that's, those. That's not us either, yeah. That's interesting. It, why, I, why, I, why that, that now that you say that, I think I know that because yeah. we have a an insured in uh, Payson, I think, who keeps trying to get the contract for rounding them up. Using oh. helicopters what? and stuff. Yeah, yeah, why why is it that the BLM would manage that because kind of animal? Because they're a but... land problem? I think, yes. I think it's mostly because they're on BLM property, and so they're kind of the land managing agency, and so they just kind of deal with them associated. And because, like, they're not technically wildlife. They're You know what I mean? Like, horses were domesticated, but then there's yeah. some that are wild, and, and we so also it's, like, a weird... We can't eat them in the U.S.? Well, it's, right. So it seems really stupid because we have... We have a need for meat to feed animals that are like at the zoo, right? That are that we that we ha, that we are have caged for one one reason or another. Sure. So we go elsewhere to buy horse meat to feed the animals. When you can thank Willie Nelson for that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not no, kidding. He no. was the one that pushed. I know to to make it illegal. But 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 it's a like it's a real thing that we go and pay a lot of money sure. when technically we could help BLM sure. with what I mean. People don't want to think about that because wild horses are beautiful. It's beautiful to see, sure. but they ruin the land. They and it's and it is hard. And we do have some areas of the state where like 
they're competing with, you know, other wildlife populations like deer and things for feed. And so it's a whole, it's a whole can of worms. And yeah, it's hard. And kind of depending on who you talk to, you know, there's different solutions of what we should do. And I know they do, they do roundups occasionally and like they'll auction, you know, some of these wild horses and burrows sometimes. And there's different things like that, but. Yeah, that's kind of a whole other sticky mess. But yeah, sorry, that's someone else's sticky mess. So I'll kick that can right down the road. <laughs> okay, I, there is one more animal, and I don't like calling it you animal. You just said there was one. Yeah, it's not a big game animal. It's it's back into the water. And I really oh. have a question specifically about why is Lake Powell such a disgusting shithole when it comes to mussels? Oh. And you guys manage that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> because a, that's, bi- that's a big deal. Like you get, it is. You, you get caught on lakes like in Bear Lake and stuff without getting inspected. That's, that's a big problem. It is. So yeah. And that's all, that's a whole, you're just bringing up all the cans of worms. Well, cause tonight. that's like, that's a big, uh, like a lot of people we were really about excited this. to have you on. Like, like <laughs> Lake Powell is known yeah. for. Those stupid mussels yeah. that are super invasive. It's bad. And they're so bad. I mean, you see the signs everywhere. Yeah. If you drive into Wyoming, you have to have your boat checked. Totally. But before they'll let you be, in the state. Yeah, they, you can't well, even and, just drive through. Well, I was going to say, even like just leaving like Powell, like you have to get, you know, inspected by our, and that's our, our staff. Um, before you go to other water bodies in Utah, you have to get inspected. It's like a whole thing. And, and it's hard. And we'll get questions all the time. Like, why don't you guys just poison the lake or whatever? <laughs> and it's, you know, there's you like, why, the why don't you do all these things? And <laughs> right. Like we obviously don't want to like have to kill all the fish or whatever, but also like they're just super resilient and they're really resistant to any kind of the chemicals. Cockroach. They are. They literally are. Like, they're how, so hard to kill. How did they end up in Lake they Powell and become quickly. such a problem? So I think it was from, I think they were from out of state. Um, and our, our aquatic invasive species guy would know. So I think they originated over in like the Baltic Sea over in Europe and then came over on like ocean liner things to the Great Lakes. And then from there have just kind of spread have across the U.S. The right. Is it so, just somebody has a boat in that lake and then they bring a totally. boat to another lake yep. and they didn't get so a I, check? I want to say, I don't want to like point fingers, but I want to say it was from like Lake Mead and then mm-hmm, over probably. to Lake Powell. But I will say to our credit, we have contained them to Lake Powell. There was a scare at Deer Creek a couple of years ago. Um, but they didn't establish and they're eradicated now from there. But it's like once they've established, you like legit can't, get, can't rid get rid of them. Of them. Yeah. They're, Cause they live forever on yeah. the outside of these boats that don't even go yeah. in the water for a year. And they breed like crazy and they have just, anyway, they just basically are just any amount of water they can live in and it's like so hard. So this is kind of another fun, cool thing that we just actually launched last week. Um, Typically, when people are leaving, all we've been doing is we just basically do a hot water spray and really, really hot water is kind of the only thing that kills them. Like even chemicals, like I said, don't really have an effect. So we've been just kind of doing these spray treatments, but that's kind of a pain for boaters that are trying to leave mm-hmm. like Pal after they've been camping down there for a week and they're hot and tired. And then they're in like a two hour long line waiting to get sprayed. Right. So we've been trying to think of different ways to like speed it up or, you know, different, you know, inspection stations we've set up around the state. Um, but we just installed last week, um, a dip tank and it's actually really cool. You should like Google it. There was like some news articles. We did stuff on our website, but essentially it's like a hot tub for boats. So boaters will back their boat into <laughs> it and then like really quick, it flushes the systems in their boat and the water's really hot and it just does it in like five minutes versus like our hour long little spot spray. Oh, um, awesome. anyway, so we're hoping that this is, and it's the first in the U S like total pilot pilot program here in Utah. Um, 
some guys helped us create it and kind of partnered with us on it. So we're really excited. We're hoping that will really help like keep those little suckers, you know, contained <laughs> really to Lake cool. Powell. And that's awesome. I imagine it really helps with like underneath stuff because that's probably it's the hardest. Really wild right? how they yep. get up on the boats. Too. Well, and, and the biggest problem is like, especially the wake boats are so complex. They have so many different pumps and so many different systems that like it's almost impossible to be able to spray and completely flush everything. And we've like legislature has passed a bunch of laws like you have to have your boat plug you know, unplugged when you're driving and all these different things to try and prevent people from spreading them. But it's, yeah, it's like a whole, it's hard. And so we're just trying to do a lot of innovative things to try and keep them contained. And that sounds like a great idea because then you can use the boat's own system that would have picked it up. Exactly. To clean it it out. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm, Yeah. And it's cool. That seems awesome. We did like a whole media demo up in Ogden before they like trekked the whole thing down to Lake Powell and then we did one last weekend in Lake Powell but it's pretty cool and it's so fast and it's so we're hopeful like I said this is our pilot program we're hopeful it works well and then we can get the funding to just put more around the state and like other ramps around Lake Powell because right now it's just at Waweep um anyways but yeah so that's kind of our quagga quagga experiment right now so did we miss any animals that are important to talk about? <laughs> I know. There's so many animals. The one, Snacks. The, snacks. Oh, snakes. Yeah. Snacks. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what you're saying. Snakes. <laughs> yeah. Snakes. I um, snakes. Yeah. We, so with rattlesnakes, if you do really want to talk about rattlesnakes, um, usually we just tell people this is kind of a surprise because I think for whatever reason, there's this myth that if you see a rattlesnake, just kill it. And then you won't get bit and you won't get whatever. <laughs> but then and you got to fight it. It is illegal, Just actually. Go back to what she to said kill. earlier. If you see yeah. wildlife, stay away. Yeah. Well, and it is illegal to kill them. A lot of people don't know that unless you can like prove that you were in mortal danger or whatever, which is usually only because you're too close. Right. And it's your own fault. Um, it yeah, is illegal a, to kill. They have a pretty far away warning system. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty good at letting you know when you're too close or you're bugging them. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would say kind of the last thing I would plug is, you know, we get a lot, a lot, a lot of calls because people are, are seeing more cougars or bears or deer or whatever in the city, you know, picked up on their surveillance, you know, their ring cameras, whatever. Um, and we get tons and tons of calls about it. People freaked out. And usually what I, what we kind of recommend is you don't necessarily need to report when you see wildlife unless you live like in the middle of the city and it, mm-hmm. and it could be some kind of, if you're up on the bench, yeah, if, yes. you're going to see deer and cougars. Yes. Yes. You, you're, it's, well, even over on this side, like I saw a deer in the forest. I saw a deer in the cemetery by the but, U. But, <laughs> see, you, you laugh, but legit, we get calls all the time. But, like, you know that that's this, part of the forest. If, and we're like, if it's you okay. live in downtown Salt Lake right. and you see a cougar, that's an issue. That's, that is an issue. Yeah. So we say if you're in the middle of the city, um, if you see cougars, bears, like definitely call us we'll come tranquilize it relocate it whatever or if they've killed an animal and they're going to be sticking around for a while to feed on it definitely call us if you live in riverton by the golf course get over it there's freaking deer there there's (laughs) a herd that lives there well and there's i mean there's even wildlife you wouldn't think that there would because there's a ton right there um the copper mine and all the stuff that we do on this side but there's lots of stuff on this on this bench as well yeah um i think people forget because it's not such a drastic bench as, as our East neighbors are sure. that we're actually fairly high up on the side of yeah. this mountain, even just at this house. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and all of this development that's happening up here is kind of the edge. So if you're seeing deer in like Harriman, it's probably okay. 
Yeah, totally. And that's exactly what we say. If it's if you live on a outskirts of a town or you're up on the bench, like that's a normal habitat for them. That's fine. Um, if it is ever acting aggressive, obviously we want people to call us just because that's kind of a public safety concern. But yeah, those are kind of the main things. And yeah, just don't feed them. Don't approach them. Just use your use your common sense. You know, I wish people had that common sense. I, I really do. <laughs> are there many rabid animals? Like, do you have to deal with rabid animals? Or no, anything? not a ton. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a unique thing. We do manage bats. They are a protected species as well. But like rabid bat calls or any kind of like. Yeah, I think bats like would be kind of cool. That's I feel kinda... like they eat enough bugs and stuff that they're almost more beneficial than anything. Yeah, yeah, and we, yeah, we don't do a ton with them. We kind of just study them and and look at populations and kind of migration stuff like that. We we catch them in nets every year. We'll do kind of surveys and then we let them go. And oh, that's cool. Um, so we do some studies and stuff on them for sure. But yeah, they're kind of they're kind of a unique one. So last question for you. Um, you've been a Born and bred Utah. Um, you're up here with the greater population. I feel so. like she's super Utah because not, she grew up in a little teeny tiny not, town. Not born and inbred. Born and bred. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. I mean, I don't know. Your mom and your dad. <laughs> no, remember she said I they're know. from opposite sides so of that's, the country. That's so. good. Um, no. Uh, what is the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in your life here? Oh, this is a really great, great question. Um <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I didn't even like, I haven't even thought about that. She's told us quite a few little facts, but yeah, I know. But, but she's, she's done a lot more than just the last couple of years. So yeah, I'm trying to think of the most unique, like, and it doesn't have to, to Utah. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't have to be about wildlife or journalism or anything, just anything that you've observed or like we have this really great ice cream shop. That's fine. Okay. Like somebody I think once there did like Gilgal so Garden. So. I would say, and this is going to like kind of, I guess, be on theme, but I would say my, can it be my favorite thing sure. instead of the most unique or Utah sure. thing? Um, I would say my favorite thing is just the amount of like diverse landscapes we have in Utah. Um, I don't know. And like, kind of like we talked, you know, from Southern Utah, you got the Red Rocks and like Zion and Bryce, like you won't see that kind of stuff anywhere in the world, which I think is so cool. Like the hoodoos of Bryce, like that's so iconic and so Utah to me. But then you come up here and you got the big snow capped, you know, Mountain Benogus and some of the big lakes. And so I don't know. I would say that's kind of my favorite part of Utah. One of um, my favorite things. So you can say that. Yeah, one of my. We're thirty. My we're thirty things. minutes from literally every type of environment except the planet the has to offer, except, except like the, the ocean. ocean, right? But you kind of you kind of get an ocean vibe at the Great Salt Lake. You know, there's seagulls. Uh, no, there's, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, I'm poor, trying. You get poor, seagulls trying. in the parking what lot you, at Walmart. What you get <laughs> at the Great Salt Lake is the wetland, swampland type environment with brackish water and disgusting, smelly brine shrimp. Oh yeah, but we do manage brain shrimp too. <laughs> poor poor Jeremy, the, poor Jeremy about, took his his wiener dogs so, out there, and, and they the, were terrorized by the brine shrimp. Oh. What about the what about the the buffalo herd on Antelope Island? Oh yeah. Oh uh huh. So that's kind of we is we that do you or BLM. So we manage bison in general. Like there actually is a bison hunt in Utah. Um, but that herd specifically is kind of a joint thing between us and between state parks since oh, Antelope Island yeah, is a state park. Yeah. So they have some biologists out there too. Um, 
But yeah, I feel like that's a very it's a dark western sky park. kind of thing. It is a dark sky park. I saw that. We are so very proud that Utah has so many dark sky so areas. So many. So many. Yeah. That's really great. Utah is great. So I love this podcast because I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Utah. And so I'm like all about it. And like you said, we've got a little bit of everything, I feel like. So it's cool. So how can people get a hold of you guys um, if they have questions or they want to read stuff that you put out? Or, or volunteer. Have- I'm sure you have a lot of. Or your pod, listen to your podcast. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is so fun. All the plugs. So first I'll start, um, reporting any kind of stuff. Um, definitely call one of our six offices. You can find all the numbers on our website, wildlife.utah.gov. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Utah DWR. Um, that's where we put a lot of our good information out, news releases, stuff that I'll put out. Um, and then my podcast is just called the wild podcast, wild. Um, you can find it looking that, looking up that, or just our name, Utah Division of Wildlife Resources. And with the podcast, I kind of just go more behind the scenes, kind of like we've done tonight. Just some of the stuff people might not know about what we manage or some of the work we do. And there's like all sorts of stuff, all sorts of research and different projects. So we kind of go into that on the podcast. Um, yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us. It's been a fantastic, uh, fantastic time talking to you. Yeah, you guys are very fun. And thanks again for having me on. You bet. And, and, uh, you know, if you guys like what you heard, please share the episode. If you don't, um, I'll share the episode anyway. You should tell your friends this is the worst thing I've ever listened to. You got to hear it. Yeah. Bad milk. Man, this milk smells like it's gone sour. You want to try it? Um, (laughs) you can follow us on, Mm, uh, follow us on social media at TNU podcast. Uh, and thanks to Folk Hogan for the intro and outro music. Um, I guess we have to change the intro at some point. I'm telling you, we got to do it before five-year anniversary maybe next week we can do it uh do it next week for when my boss comes oh is that when your boss is gonna be here yeah yeah uh so hopefully you liked it um i would uh definitely stay away from wildlife like rattlesnakes and stuff don't try to take pictures of them no kitty no thank you video of the the bear tearing up that girl's kayak bear Bear, stop it, bear! That's not very nice, bear. <laughs> don't don't go viral, please. That's that's my wish. 